Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellum podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Sunday, and I just wanted to celebrate you as a community because as a community, you have never been led by someone like me. Many of you know my story, you know my testimony, you know what my life was like in 2016 when I first became a community member at Life in Deep Ellum. You know the struggles that I have, the idea that where we have come from as a community, that you would have me that you would accept me as your leader during a very vulnerable time is something that you should definitely celebrate. And I'm, and I'm, celebrate it. Like in your quiet time, like ask God what it has meant. Ask God how things that you may not have noticed have changed. You know, when Hank called out, you know, that the prayer to heal us from political divisions. As a community, you all have done that. Like as a community, Lyde has a breadth of beliefs and ideologies and theologies and even politics. And in this season, as a community, we could have said it's too hard to be all those things and heal. But you didn't. And so if you all can recall, in August, we had a healing service, right? So now is a celebration service. We had a healing service in August. In August, we had a healing service, and we talked about the Ark of the Covenant. We talked about sacred stones. And so for those of you who may not be familiar, the Ark of the Covenant in Old Testament, in the scripture, is a gold-plated wooden chest that in Jewish and Christian traditions housed the two tablets that bore the Ten Commandments. So basically, the covenant, remember we did the, the, the liturgy, the covenant that God made with God's people was held in this sacred vessel. And in that service, we walked through a contemplative, prayerful activity where I asked you to do something very weird. And some of you made necklaces, and some of you made stones. And you made stones of things that were sacred to you in what seemed to be a season of overwhelming loss. And that was the healing service. And in that, those stones, we talked about where have you seen God's hand in that last season? And here is why we stuck this celebration service between the end of Epiphany, which is when we realize that God is with us, Jesus is in the earth, and Jesus is somewhere, you know, right now, being left in a temple by his family, liturgically. And before we get to the season of Lent, we'll be talking about the miracles of Jesus. Jesus' first miracle was at a celebration. And so the idea that scripturally we would pause not only for altars and tombstones, but that we would also pause to celebrate so that we could know, not only in times of healing, but also in times of celebration, where have we seen the hand of God? What you are looking at right now is in the healing service was the answer when I asked you the question prayerfully, 
Where are you looking to God to show up powerfully in your life right now? In August, many of you did not believe that you would look around, that you would close your eyes and hear the voices singing that we heard today, and it wouldn't just be your own. I want you to celebrate in this moment that you are sitting, literally sitting in the answer to your prayer. You're sitting in the mustard seed sized revelation that was mired in doubt. I want you to sit with the fact that you doubted this, not to shame yourself but to fortify the fact that no matter what you are hoping for in this season, while we wait for the ministry of Jesus to begin and we wait for the first miracle that didn't come till towards the end of the wedding celebration, that no matter how much you doubt it, if you can muster up enough courage to whisper that prayer, if your heart can break enough to cry because you're afraid to pray that prayer, whether it's because God has already done so much for you and who are you to ask for something more or whether it's because, I don't know after what I've been through and I hoped again and then something else came and blindsided me. I don't know if I even really believe anymore. I want you to know none of that matters on Celebration Sunday. None of it matters. When Jesus and his mother were invited to the wedding, no one knew. Perhaps maybe the caterers and the father knew that they would run out of wine, but no one knew that they would run out of wine. And no one knew that Jesus would be the solution. That was just Mary's boy. But what we learn in Romans 12 and 15 is that in community, when we are together, we are encouraged to let love be genuine, to abhor evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with affection, outdo one another in showing honor. If y'all knew what it took to get some of y'all to confess that God had been good to you. Carrie and I, well, I prayed, Carrie labored over that slideshow for more than a month. Many times, the first time we asked anyone if they had something to celebrate, they were like, I don't think so. I can't remember anything. So then Carrie and I had to get nosy We started going back to text message streams and the prayer line. And then we just, we stopped being polite. We broke all the church, Southern church lady rules. And we started calling people and texting people and saying, so do you remember when you texted us on the prayer line that such and such happened? (laughs) Did it happen? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, if we use this picture, no, that picture's not good. Use this one. Okay. Thanks. Outdo one another in showing honor. We didn't want this to be a generic celebration. 
Because that scripture goes on to say, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. It didn't say rejoice in the actual thing. It said rejoice in hope. If you had prayed a prayer and asked us to pray with you, we were going to check on it. And here's the thing. It's not prideful to make a slideshow and play a song and clap and do streamers and have liturgical dances by Ben Biles. It is not prideful because scripture says that we should rejoice with those who rejoice. And what we know from the healing service and what we know from our prayer team is that we often weep with those who weep. But it is a spirit of generosity and love to clap when someone's winning. And so... I want to tell you, we had the slideshow with individual celebrations, but I want to tell you, and I want you to clap, because you, life in Deep Ellum, you, the gathering, have won, and I'm going to tell you how. So our lied pillars are commerce and art and music and community. And I can tell you, you should clap for yourself just for that, because there are many churches struggling right now because they have not... They have not identified the purpose that God has for them in the community that they are in. So yes, clap for that. I want you to also clap because you commissioned a pastoral search team. I also want you to clap because they waited through more than a hundred still coming applications. I want you to clap because you approved a structural revamp of your entire organization, not just the gathering, but the umbrella gallery, (laughs) the coffee shop, the entire organization. You confirmed eight new covenant partners. You reestablished a rhythm of live performances in Mocha. Live performances in Mocha. You established yourselves as a neighborhood polling location for this sector of the city. You have a documented connection with 11 neighborhoods via the gathering. 11 neighborhoods throughout the city of Dallas are represented here. You have led um, healing and development for your staff healing and development for your board. Like, and I'm not just, there's, these were not one day workshops. We're talking about these folks, you have prayed them through weeks and months of development. You have also, um, let's see, restored a rhythm of communication throughout the community. We've got newsletters, we've got skating on our social media. We've got all kinds of things. You have also reestablished extended hours for Mocha right? That was shut down during the pandemic. You have also um, stabilized the spiritual rhythm within the community. The organizations within the community consider Life and Deep Ellum, consider the gathering their church. They consider your pastoral staff and your volunteers their pastors. Y'all, it's one thing to go into a neighborhood and tell them that you're the church. It is another thing for the neighborhood to tell you that you are their church. Clap for that, y'all. Life, life in Deep Ellum actually does bring life to Deep Ellum, so keep at it. You have clarified and reestablished your community identity. We have not only the pillars, but we have our mission statement. We completed our neighborhood study. Y'all, we have a neighborhood study. And you hosted more than 14 virtual in-person meetings and events to make sure that no one got left out 
of all of those things. And so a celebration service is three things in particular. It's a time of preparation because Galatians 6 and 9 says that we should not grow weary in doing good. (laughs) For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then we have opportunity. Let us do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. How do you make sure that you don't grow weary in doing good? Is it by making another to-do list? As soon as you, you scratch off one thing, it, the list just keeps going. Is that how you stay encouraged? It's usually a recipe for defeat. And so, the way that we prepare to continue to do good, the way that we prepare to look to the horizon and see what God has for us next is we make sure that we celebrate what God has been present with us to make sure that we get done. We hold what we needed to be healed from alongside what we celebrate because we have to preserve not only our courage, but our faith. So we know often, which is why we tend not to want to celebrate, that celebrating can lead to pride. So we're like, oh, you know, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. You know, I don't want to get a big head like we're still not done. We could still trip up. Yeah, if you rely on yourself. But every time you remember to celebrate something that seemed absolutely impossible and you remember how you did it, you remember how you were covered, you remember who showed up when you thought no one would show up, that should remind you of when God did something for you that you could not have ever done for yourself. If you want to know how to preserve your faith, you don't preserve faith through fasting. You don't preserve faith through consecration. You don't preserve faith by going on a prayer retreat. You preserve faith by remaining in community and celebrating what you all have done together for God. But it is there where you will receive the encouragement to keep going and there you will receive the encouragement to say, what else does God want us to do? You preserve your faith. See, those things, fasting, consecration, prayer, retreats, those are about holiness. Those are about maintaining your connection with God so that you know that what you hear, what you're discerning, is holy and righteous. But how many of you have discerned a good thing that was too heavy for you to carry on your own. The preservation of our faith that we can do hard things, that we will celebrate again, comes from community and it comes from celebration. 
Because in Matthew 5 and 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Our purpose, the thing that we are to look to the horizon in this last portion of the ark, the thing to which we will discern who are the shepherds that will be coming in to help us carry this load. Purpose is the salt. Purpose is the litmus test. And the way that salt remains salty, the way that light serves its purpose is to put itself on a stand and to shine, to be itself. We are weird. We are different. We've apparently been very busy. And yet there's so much more to do. And we have it in us. We'll celebrate again, friends. We will have more lights to shine. We do have a purpose.